In the Spirit, St. Peter tells us, Jesus Christ went to preach to the souls in prison, those who had been disobedient during the time of Noah. So it, as it turns out, you wouldn't know this from reading Genesis chapters uh, 6 to 8, but there was hope even for that most corrupt generation of human beings, those whose hearts were set on wickedness from morning until night. And our Lord is here in the Spirit preaching to us today. He preaches this, repent and believe the good news. Whatever your sins, whatever your doubts or fears, those places where you are stuck, wherever things seem hopeless, turn to the Lord and be radiant. This is what conversion means. Turn around. Stop doing the same things over and over again that don't help. Now, it's the easiest thing in the world to stand up here uh, with a captive audience and mouth empty words about hope changing our lives. Uh, If you're like me and you've been through a few Lents, you know that it's not easy. And in my words of encouragement, I do not at all mean to imply that it is. It's worth noting that our Lord in the Gospel did not begin preaching, and and even in St. Peter's Gospel, he didn't begin preaching right away. It was only after he died uh, that he preached to the souls in prison. But in the Gospel today, he preaches after he fasted and was tempted. And we are beginning our 40-day fast, and we should expect that it will be accompanied by trial. As St. John Climacus uh, put it memorably, War against us is proof that we are making war. So if you go to your Lenten fast and things are hard, you're doing it right. If we find it hard to hear joy in the Lord's announcement of the nearness of God's kingdom, perhaps we are especially in need of this time of preparation this year to examine our thoughts and our hearts and our feelings. Find out, where have I made those little compromises that that are preventing me from hearing the good news today. Uh, This will be more familiar to the monks in the community. I I, I hope this will translate well enough for you all. But how do I avoid confronting my own weaknesses? What are the ways I avoid that? Uh, Is it by blaming others because I don't get what I need? Others don't take good uh, good enough care of me? Do I blame my parents or my teachers for not preparing me? properly, to be able to do the things I need to do in life, to be a success and to feel good about myself? Do I blame my spouse or community members for not caring enough or not trying hard enough to change that thing that really bugs me? Do I blame politicians and clergy persons for being hypocrites? Ah, if they can't do it, if they can't lead right, who? I give up. What's the point? And perhaps all of these situations hold. Yet, Uh, we will be in no position to hear our Lord's preaching of the gospel if we hold on to these, we harbor these sorts of complaints. Time in the desert, time with just our own thoughts and with God and with the tempter, these will reveal to us these inner disturbances that outward finger-pointing and frustration tend to hide from us. There are plenty of things to point fingers at in the world today. I don't have to name them for, I don't have to name any more than I've already named. But our Lord does not 
first of all, go and criticize all those other things. He first goes by himself to the desert. And he's a model for us. He challenges each of us individually to look at our hearts and say, where do I really stand? What do I really stand for? Who am I really? Why do I avoid this question so often? I'm the only person I'll ever be. I'll have to give an account of myself at some point. What am I going to say? Why do I avoid this question? When St. Peter says that our Lord went to preach to those in prison, it's a really interesting image in many ways. Modern prisons, you might not know this, are modeled after monasteries. That's why monastic inmates, like prison inmates, live in cells. Uh, Sometimes people are horrified to hear us call our bedroom cells, but we had the idea first. (laughs) It's the prisons who took it from the monasteries. Why, why are modern prisons modeled after monasteries? Well, the idea is that the criminal needs time to think about what he's done, to prepare to give an account for himself, to change, to, to ask, like, why have I done this? How can I make it right? Because again, if I've committed a crime, I'm the only one who can answer for it. Uh, Now, that's modern prison theory, mind you. It's not monastic theory exactly, but they're related to each other because the monk withdraws from the world and and is supposed to be a model for all Christians in this withdrawal to ask these hard questions and to to be alone with God so that we we are forced to tell the truth about ourselves. Okay? One desert father put it this way, Stay in your cell and it will teach you everything. And, of course, it was presupposed by the Desert Fathers, uh, as it is not by the modern prison system, that the monk will be constantly reading and meditating on Holy Scripture and testing himself against what he reads. You know, do I follow our Lord's teaching? Do I follow God's will for me? Do Do I receive the sacraments worthily? In other words, within his cell, the monk is listening to the Logos, God's Word, Jesus Christ, Uh, But he would be doing this without interruption, without unnecessary distraction, without the usual crutches that we use to avoid our own unpleasant reactions to life. So no snacks, no internet or television or or smartphone, smartwatch, whatever whatever else is smart today, smart microwave or whatever. No alcohol, no dessert, no magazines, sports, movies, restaurants. Not even any work, you know, no busy work, no workaholism. So if we really take this time, again, for you in the pews, this might mean 10 or 15 minutes a day, whatever you can afford, uh, more if you can manage it. The first thing we're going to discover is that we are tempted to do all kinds of things other than sit with God. So the first temptation will simply be not to go to ourselves. (laughs) But once we get there, the first temptation will be to get up and leave. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I was supposed to leave a note for this person over here. Oh, I've been meaning to write that email to that friend of mine for the last two years. That was a great time. Uh, We'll have a craving for checking out the hockey scores or the theater reviews or the furniture ads or whatever else reading is at hand. We'll be overcome with anger at something someone said maybe an hour ago, maybe 30 years ago. 
In other words, we will enter into temptation. This is what the tradition calls spiritual warfare. If this is happening to you, good for you. You're doing it right. The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Encourage one another throughout this time of Lent. I especially say this to families who are here. Be especially patient with those who are working through these trials that they have been carrying around, uh, who, are, who are learning how to disengage with distraction and how to let go of hurts that they have been carrying around for years, perhaps without knowing it until now. You know, so it's going to be, we're going to find that people, as they're being converted to the Lord, are going to change in unfamiliar ways. So let's, let's not be too impatient with them. It's not easy to repent, as I said. So let us bear that in mind when we see the efforts that others are making this year. We don't go to the desert to escape our troubles. We go to confront them with the help of the angels. And we don't go there forever. That's not our goal. We go there to follow Christ into the desert and back out. To follow Christ who six weeks from today will lead us into the darkness of death to destroy everything that deals death.